Hello, friends. Alan Kirshner here from Eschatos Ministries. Since we went live with Bible Prophecy Daily, we have delivered a program every weekday to listeners. With a premillennial, pre-wrath, rapture focus, our Bible teachers are the best at helping Christians understand and prepare for Christ's return. Would you prayerfully consider your regular support of this ministry? You can easily do so by clicking the support button in the corner of the podcast website at BibleProphecyDaily.com. Thank you. You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, thank you for joining us today. My name is Mike Ufferman. I'm one of the Bible teachers uh, here with Zion's Hope, and I'm glad that you joined me today. We're going to continue our topic uh, dealing with the uh, incarnation of one part of the triune God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. God the Father, in essence, is equivalent to the soul of mankind. Uh, we also are three in one. Uh, we've got our soul, we've got our body, and we've got our spirit. And so we're created in the image of God. And so we've been dealing not with the soul of God, which would be basically God the Father, uh, equivalent to our soul. Um, we haven't been dealing with the spirit of God because we know certainly God's spirit is everywhere. There is no place that the spirit of God cannot be found. Uh, through the Spirit of God, everything is held together, even in the farthest reaches of the universe, however far God created it. And, and, and as we travel through space, perhaps is even expanding it just so that we'll never find the end of it. Um, but we've been, we've been dealing with the physical manifestation of God. And just like you're looking at my physical form now, uh, you may see a tall and handsome gentleman. Uh, I'm being facetious. But if you think that, that's fine too. Um, but uh, you might hear the voice uh, that's created by my physical manifestation. Um, however, you're not really communicating with that. What you're communicating with is the soul that's inside of me. And so uh, as we look at this concept of the incarnate Son of God, we're going to go into a very interesting place where we deal with uh, His conception. Now, in the past, we've been talking about a pre-incarnate manifestation of God, whether pillar of cloud, the angel of the Lord, pillar of fire. Uh, however, in uh, our situation today, we're going to deal with him actually coming into the world in the form of a baby. And the conception um, that would have been through uh, Mary, the Virgin Mary, as we would oftentimes call her. And so in his incarnation as Jesus Christ, he was conceived by a union of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. We know that the Bible talks about the Spirit of God came over Mary and Jesus was conceived in her womb. Interesting thought there is that uh, the sin of mankind is passed down through the, the, the man. When we have Adam in the garden, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned. And in essence, as a result of that, the sin 
of Adam has been passed down through the generations. And so if you have a biological father, then you have the sin of Adam in you. It's just been passed down that way. So everybody, of course, has a biological father with the exception of one man. Biological father, meaning an earthly, physical, born man as a father. Well, in the situation with God and with Mary, the Spirit of God came over Mary. And so that's how the conception occurred. And we'll touch up a little bit about that here in a bit. But the thing, the main point being that Jesus did not have the sin of Adam in his blood because he was not born of that line of men that would have been biological fathers from the time of Abraham. And therefore, his blood was unique and was different than the blood of any other human that had ever been born. Any other man, any other woman that had ever been born because his blood did not have the sin of Adam in it as would have been passed down through the generations. His blood was God blood, if you will, and that's why his blood was the only one that could be shed as he was beaten, that would be shed as he was on the cross and as he gave his life for our salvation. His was the only blood that could pay the price, the penalty of sin. But uh, continuing on then with this conception idea, we look in the book of Luke and we'll start in verse 26 and kind of read through a couple of verses here. But it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. And so we know that this is Gabriel. It's not an angel of the Lord as in a physical manifestation of God. It's the angel Gabriel in this situation sent unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth, or unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. That's up in the northern part of Israel. And of course, we'd invite you to come with us at Zion's Hope on one of our uh, tours that we take up there to the Holy Land. And uh, we have uh, many, many places that we visit, of course, one of them being Nazareth, so that you can see this area where Jesus would have uh, been raised. And yet it's also the backyard uh, or in the backyard of Nazareth that we see the Valley of Megiddo, which is exactly where Jesus would have known that lay of the land and would have known that there's going to be major battle that's going to be fought there at some point in the future. But Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 27, then it says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Joseph was the adoptive father of Jesus, uh, God was the biological father of Jesus. Mary was the physical um, mother of Jesus. And so he had God blood, if you will, and also human nature. And the angel said unto her, Mary, fear not, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name uh, Jesus. So Gabriel being the messenger, bringing that message to Mary. And he goes on and he says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there, or of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Again, Gabriel saying what God will do. Not saying what he will do, but saying what God will do. We continue in verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? In other words, I haven't had a physical relationship with any man, which would include Joseph, uh, to whom she would have been betrothed. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. 
in all of these words that are spoken here, we don't see Gabriel saying, I will come upon thee, I will overshadow thee. It's third party. In other words, he, God will, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, come and overshadow you. And that's how you'll conceive. And so that then begets some very interesting um, situations here in the future. As we look in the book of Matthew in chapter 1, it says, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, in verse 19, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. So here Joseph would have known that he had never had a relationship with Mary in terms of a physical relationship. He would have not been the father. He was not going to be willing to accept that she would be pregnant by some other man. However, we know that God interceded on uh, Mary's behalf. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now it becomes a little bit interesting. The angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord. Was it the Lord himself? Well, we don't have capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D here. We just have a capital L, lowercase o-r-d. But there's an angel of the Lord that appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. This angel of the Lord is not saying that it's of himself, but it's of the Holy Ghost. And so it appears that this angel of the Lord is a different messenger, not a physical manifestation of God. And so in verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, I really appreciate Joseph. He was an honorable man. And uh, there's no doubt that this was not his biological son. Now, there were other children that were had, which would have been by him at a later point in time. But it's very clear that Joseph honored God by the message that was given to him by a manifestation of an angel, not a manifestation of God himself. We don't hear any words in what were spoken that indicated that this angel of the Lord was God himself. And so Joseph goes and he does as he's told to do. We have uh, some references um, regarding uh, the incarnate Son of God in Christ's testimony. Jesus perfectly revealed. He declared and, didn't, and he did the will of God, taking upon himself human nature with its demands, its necessities, identifying himself completely with mankind, and yet he did that without sin. And so we see in the book of John in chapter 8, and starting in verse 18, he says that I am the one that bears witness of myself. Jesus speaking, saying, I'm bearing witness of myself. Now, depending on what he's getting ready to say, it could be blasphemous unless he really was God in the flesh. I am the one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. So, it takes two to have a good testimony. Okay, It, has, it takes two to uh, be able to bring... Um, a testimony in a court to say that so-and-so did this. And Jesus is saying, I'm bringing witness, and God the Father is bringing witness. We have two witnesses here that uh, bear witness of me. And said they unto him, where is thy father? And Jesus answered, now keeping in mind, where is thy father? Maybe thinking of Joseph. 
but he's referring to his father in heaven. Um, then said they unto him, Where is thy father? And Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. And so clearly Jesus making a separation. And certainly if his blood is not tainted by the sin of Adam, then he is otherworldly. Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, overshadowed Mary and giving his blood that special feature that allowed him to be the one who paid for the sin of mankind. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins because they don't recognize who Jesus is that God brings a witness unto. By the way, when did God bring a witness uh, on behalf of Jesus? I can have voices that are running through my head right now that are saying, uh, this is my, my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Um, I think about when he was baptized by John the Baptist, that we hear a voice from heaven bearing witness to God, or of God uh, uh, regarding Jesus. And so this happened on a number of occasions. And so these people aren't recognizing who he is, and therefore they shall die in their sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. In other words, if you don't believe that I am the Son of God, if you don't believe who God gives testimony about me of, then you will die in your sins. In uh, Christ's nature, we see in the book of Philippians, in chapter 2 and verse 5, let this be in you, this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. For who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He could have said, you know what, I'm God. And he could have appeared in the form of God. He did in the Old Testament, in the angel of the Lord, in all of those manifestations we've spoken of previously. But here, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and yet we know that he chose not to appear as God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And so this pre-incarnate manifestation of God that we see numerous times in the Old Testament then condescended and became like us, the likeness of men. God in the form of man, not having the sin nature of Adam and yet having the human nature of Mary. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We'll come back and deal more with uh, this issue of Christ yesterday, today, and forever. And um, the next time we get back together, we'll talk about his crucifixion. Looking forward to speaking to you then and having you join me then. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 